Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. With the holidays coming up this month, I often get asked, what should I work on with my child during the school break? Welcome to episode 27 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we're going to be talking about all sorts of different options of what to do with dyslexic kids during school breaks. And I don't mean a three-day weekend. I mean when you have a full week or more off of school, what are some things you might want to do? Let's let those three-day weekends be a much-needed rest. First up, it is Sunday during football season, and I live right next to a major stadium, so I'm really hoping you can't hear the helicopters and prop planes that I hear buzzing around my house right now. But if you do, I'm really sorry about that extra background noise. I had intended on recording this episode a little sooner, but it turns out my nieces and nephew decided to come over and do some wreath making with me this weekend during the time that I would normally have recorded our podcast when it's nice and quiet outside. So, sorry, family time won this week. Now, before we get started, I have a bit of a surprise for you. My first online course, Understanding Dyslexia, just closed. But there's no sense in letting all those great educational videos collect dust and go to waste. So my surprise for you is that I have one of those lessons for free. If you would like to learn about some unexpected dyslexia associations and check out this free video lesson, just go to parnelloeducation.com forward slash unexpected and check it out. Now, if you're already on my email list, you already got this sent to you in your inbox last week on Thursday. Just remember those of you who are on the email list will always get the first chance at new offers coming out as well as links to resources that I mentioned in this podcast. So if you wanna sign up so that you can get those emails in the future, go to parnelloeducation.com forward slash email. Speaking of surprising, I have a special announcement coming next week. So be sure to tune in to next week's episode if you want to know all about it before everyone else, hop on that email list too. All right, on to today's focus, learning during long school breaks. So the first thing to decide is what kind of school break your child needs. Let me preface this by saying that I'm not actually the biggest proponent of homework, especially over breaks. This is for a couple of reasons. First, I can't even tell you the number of hours I've spent making work packets for parents that asked for them, and I've made them for an entire class of kids for work that I thought that they could do independently, and then I had zero of them even do it. Second, a lot of times creating work over breaks creates more family drama and stress than it helps, especially when families are traveling or they're going to other states or other family members' houses and they don't have all their materials or they don't remember to bring pencils or whatever it is, or People are all just wanting to take a break and they have fun holiday gatherings and 20 people in their house. That's not exactly conducive to doing schoolwork. So when families ask me what should they do over the school break with their kids, my answer really depends on the kid. Some families, I tell them that I think they should just let their kid take a break and others would do better to make the most of their time away from school. So if the child is already working really hard just to stay on top of their school assignments and then getting an extra two or three days a week of tutoring on top of that, then maybe you should focus more on the fun learning options that I give at the last section of this episode. But then sometimes there are kids who don't have access to a regular tutor. For example, I have some families who like to work with me, but I have zero room in my schedule. So they only get the cancellations. And sometimes those break times are a great time for us to do a lot of extra sessions together when they take over as other kids take a much needed break. So it really depends on your situation. If your child isn't getting a lot of extra help, then maybe those break times are a great time to make some extra progress or prevent some learning loss. 
your child isn't getting extra help and really does need to utilize this time away from school to make progress in areas that they're behind and they can't do on top of the regular schoolwork, this next section is for you. We're going to be talking about some more traditional learning activities that you might want to do during a school break if you are trying to keep it more learning focused and less game focused. This section is going to have a ton of resources, so be sure to go to the show notes at parnelloeducation.com forward slash episode 27, or if you sign up for that email list, you'll get them in your inbox on Thursdays, and that's usually when I tend to send those emails. If you'd like to practice reading skills, but the student is a struggling reader, check out some decodable books. For example, Flyleaf Publishing has free digital decodable books, but they're also available for purchase if you'd prefer the kids not be on screens and you want to buy them. I don't generally encourage people to buy decodable books unless they're an educator, because a lot of times it is only good for a moment in time, and then the kids don't want to read them anymore as soon as their reading levels improve. So if you're an educator, Flyleaf Publishing, go ahead and buy those books. But if you're a parent and you're not completely opposed to screens, Flyleaf Publishing, I'd probably stick to using the free ones right now while they're available. At the time of this recording, they're supposed to be available through the end of the 2022-2023 school year. They used to only be available for purchase, and then during COVID, they ended up making them for free, and they keep re-upping that offer. So we can hope that that stays an option for as long as possible. Now, if you have an older student who's still a struggling reader, High Noon Publishing has what are called high-low books, meaning that they're highly interesting but lower in difficulty so the kids can sound out the words. So those ones are a great option if kids want some of those easier kind of chapter books and they want to feel like they can read a little bit more on their own and have more interesting topics instead of I see the cat, I see the dog. That one is a good option for you. That one's also linked in the show notes. Now, if you'd like your child to practice spelling skills. Now, if you'd like a child to practice spelling skills, one of the apps that I like is called Simplex Spelling. It lets the students take a pretest and then decide where to place them within the app to practice the skills that they need to work on. And then they also give the student the spelling rule and the spelling options are the hints when they're playing the learning game. They have different levels for about $5 each at the time of this recording. And what I did is I actually bought the whole bundle. So as kids are learning and they start getting better and better, they can go ahead and move on to the next level because the next app is already uploaded on my iPad. And I believe it was cheaper to buy it that way. I've owned this app for a really long time, so I'm not quite sure what the pricing difference is because it just tells me I've already purchased it, so it won't show it to me right now. But I did double check. It is definitely still available. If you need to practice math facts, which is quite common for kids with dyslexia, I like the game Quick Math on the iPad. I like the game for a few different reasons. First, the kids use their fingers to write their answer, and it gives them more of a multi-sensory approach when they're doing their math facts, even though it's a digital game. I like that it's a game that you can use at different levels, so as kids get older, they can keep playing the same game and they can change the level. So you can start with addition and then go on to subtraction and multiplication and division, or do some combination thereof, and each of those subsections has different levels. So you can start at beginner, intermediate, and advanced, no matter which math topic you're doing, or you can practice all the math topics all at one time. One thing to note is that if the child has terrible number formation, or they form the letters strangely, it sometimes tells them they're wrong, even though they tried to write the right answer. I actually use this as a good reason to teach the kids proper number formation, because many kids don't realize that the bottom-up way of writing letters and numbers is not typical for most people. And it's a good way to show them the right way to do it when they don't even realize they're not doing it the way that they should be. It gives the students some motivation to learn the right way to properly write their numbers so that they can win the game. My favorite part about this game is it's all about beating their own personal best. 
It is not getting it done in a specific amount of time. It's just getting it done faster than they personally have done it before. It's not about competing with others, just about improving their own skills. And I hate when they make learning activities compare them against peers, because sometimes that's not an even playing field. But when you try to get a kid to beat their own score, then that's a lot more motivating and has a lot more chances for success. If you would like students to practice math skills, but you're not a fan of more screen time, one of the websites I really like is mathaids.com. Now, let me warn you, there are a ton of advertisements on the screen, which I just ignore because I'm a cheapskate, but you can also pay a subscription to get rid of those. I like this website because it's a worksheet generator, meaning you can print endless amounts of worksheets without ever getting the same exact page twice. They have everything from early elementary math problems to high school algebra, graphing, and calculus, plus the answer key to every worksheet. So when parents want activities to do over breaks, I often send them that website because it's however much you want to do and requires zero prep on my end. I'm a big fan of work smarter, not harder. All right, let's jump into our last section of today, which is talking about fun learning activities that are much more easily embedded into family time without feeling like work. The first option is baking. Do you realize how many skills it takes to bake? You have to read. You have to pay attention to multiple step directions. You have to measure and do math, which, by the way, you can make even more complicated if you're teaching fractions by limiting which measuring cups you give them and make them figure out how to get the right amounts of ingredients while using smaller measuring cups more times. When you're baking, you also have to utilize time management and executive function skills so you don't get too distracted and burn the food. And in the end, you get to enjoy something very delicious and even share it with others if you don't gobble it all up yourself. The next option is to write greeting cards. It's close to the holidays, so you can write Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever holiday you celebrate, and you can do cards for those. And if it's not the holidays when you're listening to this episode or you're planning for a future school break, you can also write a letter to a family member or a friend or a thank you card for a gift that they received for their birthday. All of those things teach them how to think of others, how to practice neat handwriting, as well as to utilize their spelling skills. Now, last but certainly not least, the best activity you could possibly do is board games or some other game like a card game. Kids learn so much playing formal games like this. They learn how to take turns. They learn how to read the cards. They count spaces. And most importantly, they learn how to lose gracefully. Now, working in schools as both a teacher and an administrator, I can tell you a lot of conflicts at school are caused by children not learning how to lose gracefully. The best thing you could possibly do at home is to teach your child how to fail and pick themselves up and try again. Rarely in life do you have a week where everything goes your way. Board games and card games are a simple way to learn how to deal when things don't go your way. Now, here are some games based on what kind of topic you might want to practice. If you want to practice math, I really like Prime Climb. It's one that I literally just change the rules based on the age of the student that I'm working with, and I don't necessarily follow the rules exactly as they're laid out in the game because I have limited amounts of time while I'm with kids in my office, and I have to manipulate it a little based on the skills I really want the kids to practice. When they're young, we start with it only being addition and subtraction, and then I will switch to multiplication and division as they get older. Another option that is an oldie but a goodie, which is Monopoly, and it teaches kids money, and they also have a junior edition if the kids are younger. And then for spelling, Scrabble is always a good one, but another option is a game called Boggle, and the kids have to practice making words with the letters in front of them, as well as they also have Boggle Junior to make it a little bit more simple. 
All right, to wrap up for today, first we talked about deciding what kind of break your kiddo needs. Do they need a fun break or do they need time to build up those necessary skills? Then we talked more about formal learning activities and things that you could do to practice specific math or reading skills. And last, we ended with a bunch of games and activities that you can do that are more fun-based that you can do with your family. All right, friends, thanks for listening today. Be sure to join the Dyslexia Devoted email list if you'd like to be the first one to know about the new things that are coming out and get the links from the episode topics right to your inbox once a week. The link is in the show description or go to parnelloeducation.com forward slash email. That's all for today. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.